Lord God, they're going to rise up, Father God, and Lord, they're going to shake off the death and the fear, and Lord, and the frustration. Lord, they're going to march into the end of this camp, and Lord God, take back what has been stolen. Father, we love you and we magnify your name. Thank you, Lord God. Your will, Father, will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And give these folks some love tonight. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated tonight. Won't you take your Bibles with me and go over to go over to uh, Mark the fourth chapter. Mark the fourth chapter. Yeah, as you're turning there, let me just uh, encourage you. If there's anybody here listening or anybody here that is interested in ESL helping with uh, English as a second language class, there's going to be a meeting on January the 24th. We'll announce this again on Sunday. And so uh, if you're interested in that, uh, please plan to attend that meeting. Also, there's going to be a men's prayer breakfast, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. And we're offering the on-ramp course again. That's going to be February the 6th at, from 3 to 5. That'll be on a Sunday. Uh, strawberries will be on sale on Sunday. And so be sure to fill out your order and, uh, and, and enjoy that. I hope you've been praying about the revival with Dean Love coming up in February. And believe God to do great and mighty things in that, in that meeting. We're not looking for a series of meetings. We're looking for the timing of God and for God's Spirit to be poured out. Amen? Amen. I want you to turn with me to Mark. Mark the fourth chapter. Mark the fourth chapter tonight. I'm going to read down here a familiar passage, but one I believe that, that we're going to draw from tonight and find what we need. Father, thank you for your word. I love your word. Lord, I love the word of God. I love, Lord, how it is so alive, and Lord, how your spirit moves and yes. awakens, God, and, and Lord, let's us see, Father God, a fresh, a fresh view, Lord God, and a vision, revelation of your word. And Lord, I just ask tonight, Lord, that this word, Lord, that you minister through me, Lord, I pray that you will bring revelation and knowledge and understanding. For Lord, I do believe, Father, that this will bring, Lord, Lord, an absolute change and transformation in people's hearts. And Lord, we just thank you tonight for your mercy. Amen. Amen. Now, Matthew's gospel gives the same account here, uh, but it, Matthew puts in a few other details uh, that uh, Mark does not, and Mark adds a few details that Matthew does not. How many know you've got to take and overlay the synoptic gospels and even John to, to get the full view? But in Matthew's gospel, we see that uh, in the chapter where he just, that talks about what we're fixing to get to here, our text, we see that before Jesus got in the boat, we see that he's sleeping there. We see a glimpse of his humanity because he's tired as he's laying there in the, in the back of the boat. We see that he ministered healing after healing after healing and debate with the naysayers. But we see here in Mark's gospel that Mark takes up the story in verse 35, and this is Jesus in the boat. And it says, On the same day when the evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. How many knows God's going somewhere? Yes. Amen. Amen. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. A 
great windstorm arose, and the winds and the waves beat, notice this, into the boat, so that it was already filling. Verse 38. But he was in the stern, also on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Yes. Now, we're going to talk about the absence of their faith tonight. But let me just touch on that for just a minute. How many know tonight God's a God of faith? Amen. God's a God of faith. Now, that means that he has hope. Amen? Amen. He has hope in you and I. He has faith in what we will understand as we understand him and who he is in us. And so when he says, how is it that you don't have any faith and where's your faith gone? And other translations say, you, you mean to tell me you're not trusting in me yet? And it wasn't necessarily a rebuke as much as it was that God viewed his disciples differently than they viewed themselves. He looked at them in hope, knowing that he was with them and he wasn't going to forsake them. He wasn't going to leave them. But they're there, they're struggling there because they're in a storm. They're still learning this thing. They're still walking through it. But see, when God looks at you, he sees you through the eyes of hope. Maybe not hope in your discovery of him inside of you. And I believe with all of my heart, God is raising up an exceeding great and mighty army in these last days. They're going to understand who they are and who God is in them. As we look here to the word of the Lord, what we see, uh, another passage I want to share with you is 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. How many know that? It's got a human face, it's not your enemy. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity in the obedience of Christ. That's what I want to zero in on. Casting down arguments in every high thing that it exalts itself where against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity in obedience to Christ. Now, as we look here, the title of this message tonight is Changing the Conversation. Changing the Conversation. Now, it wasn't, the, the Lord did not correct or ask the question of the disciples, where is your faith? Because they woke him up. In fact, if any one of my children, if they would come to me in the middle of the night and they were, they were concerned or fearful, they would wake me up, they wouldn't be in trouble. Though I might be startled, uh, they wouldn't be in trouble. And 
my girls, when they were little, they wouldn't come in, they wouldn't wake me up because they didn't know a baby won't dad to jump and look at them. And so they would just stand beside the bed. <laughs> and they would stare me away. And that was more frightening than them just shaking me. <laughs> One night, I get a call. I don't know, maybe I'll share this story, but it just came to mind. It was just hilarious. I, has anybody ever been sleep called? My son sleep called me one night. He's in his bedroom and I get a call and he said on the other end of the line, he said, Dad, why did you leave me? I was in such a deep, deep sleep. And I woke up and I was like, what? What? Where did I leave you? Andrew wakes up and she has been in the same deep realm sleep and she's like, what's going on? What's going on? I said, I don't know. I don't know. And Jacob's in there going, why did you leave me? Get up and I walk into his bedroom and he's sitting on the edge of the bed with the telephone and I said, and I said, Jacob, what are you doing? He said, Dad, why did you leave me? I said, I didn't leave you. Get back, get back under the covers and go to sleep. And he, he was sleep calling me. Bizarre. I know. I don't I think his brain was just overactive that day. But but you see here, it's not that they awoke the Lord Jesus Christ. It was the manner in which they had awakened him. Lord, do you not care? Do you not care? Now, this is one thing we, we need to understand about the Word of God. Is that floods, furnaces, and storms reveal the heart. Do you hear that? Floods, furnaces, and storms reveal the heart. So they're in the middle of a storm, and when Jesus awakened, he rebuked the storm, but he was not rebuking God the Father. It was not his storm that, that it wasn't his fault for the storm. In fact, he was going over to challenge uh, some principalities and powers. There was a man on the other side that needed his help. And he was going over to the to the tombs of the Galileans to deliver a man who would go and minister to the ten cities and spread the gospel. But he had to be delivered. Now these principalities perceived that something was headed their way. So what did they do? They caused a storm to erupt. Caused a storm to erupt. Jesus awake, awoken and awakened and he rebuked that storm and peace was there. Now, what we see though, what I want to address is what had erupted in the storm inside of the disciples. Now, this is going to help you in such a way that you're not even ready for it. But it's about to invade your normal daily operation. What I'm about to share with you is a transformative word for you. And that is this. What we see here is that stress, the stress that they were under, caused a, or provoked a negative, their negative self-talk to come forward. 
Do you realize you have a self-talk? Do you have a, a self-talk? It's the dialogue that takes place inside of your heart. It's your internal dialogue, which is influenced by your subconscious mind. It reveals your thoughts, your beliefs, your questions, and your ideas. But this self-talk, it can be positive or it can be negative. And stress provokes that negative self-talk. Now, no one in this room, but you're going you're to refer a friend to this message and they're going to listen to it. We're going to edit that part out so they don't know what you're up to. But see, how many times have you and I fallen into the trap of self-sabotage because pressure, storms, floods, furnaces show up and it provokes inside of us this self-talk that is not a positive, but it's a negative. We start looking at ourselves as something is wrong with us or this would not be happening. I don't look like a marsh because I can't see the whites of your eyes, so I'm going to scoot up here a little bit. How many in here tonight would stop to acknowledge the fact that many, many, many times we get into, our, we get into situations and all of a sudden the self-talk inside is so negative that we are, we are destroying uh, the very mission and the purpose that God has in store for us. The, the self-talk, the because it's stimulated from our, our, our subconscious because it's woven so deeply into our belief system. And our beliefs will dictate our behavior. You see it in the Word of God. You see when the 12 spies went in, there were two that had a positive self-talk, Caleb and Joshua, and there were 10 that did not. What happened? The 10 over, overruled the two, and all of a sudden they're out of the land of promise and derailed from the plan of God. And now they're back out into the, into the place that, of the wilderness instead of walking into that place that, that God had in store for them. Now why does the Lord put all of those things in his word? He puts all of those things in his word so that we can learn from those examples. And I believe that God has a great work in store for you individually I believe God has something in store for you even now in this, in this chaotic time that we are living in. I believe there is a bright and glorious future for our youth and for the church. Amen. But see, we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. And if there's this self-talk that is sabotaging the work of the kingdom of God, the Lord's asking the same question. Why won't you trust me? Why won't you trust me? So the voices that come into our head, they sound many times like our own. And then all of a sudden, because it sounds so much like our own voice, it starts provoking things in our heart and we start operating in those areas. Is anybody with me tonight? I'm, I'm just hoping and praying this is going out like a, the way the Lord. I'm, I'm not questioning your ability to receive. I'm questioning my ability to deliver tonight. So the self-talk 
that can be provoked, negative self-talk can be provoked by the stress that you're under right now. So what conversation are we having? But we also need to understand, just like Paul said, that messenger from Satan sent to buffet me or harass me, that, that messenger that, that shows up, there's a voice that's wanting to derail the work of God in your life. How many know that sickness has a voice? How many know that failure has a voice? How many know that COVID has a voice? COVID has a voice. You hear it every time you hear somebody cough. You hear it every time you walk into a public area. Come on. There's a voice that's attached to that. We, we were sitting in Africa with the team when all of this broke out. In March of 2020. And as we're sitting there, the Lord revealed to me in just one fell swoop what was about to take place across the entirety of the world. Not all the tragic events and things, but, but the spiritual impact in the very moment. He said, fear is going to grip the entirety of the world. Fear is going to grip the entirety of the world. Have we not discovered that, that fear has gripped the entirety of the world? But he also said, in the midst of that, I'm going to cause such an overwhelming peace to settle in the hearts of my children that it's going to be attractive to those that are walking in fear. You two or three that are amen to me, you just keep on. The rest of you that are thinking, just keep on thinking, okay? Because I'm not discouraged about the life, the time we are living. I believe God is doing a work in the midst of the heart of the church. Then when Jesus gets up, he says, peace, be still. What does that mean? It is translated, be quiet. Now some of you, because I know I've been on trips with you, we've been on bumpy car rides, we've been on uh, back roads of Mexico and Africa, and you could sleep through anything. I'm not, I don't have that luxury. It's got to be, it's got to be, everything's got to be just right. For me, for in order for me to go to sleep. But how many of you know that there is such a harassment of the enemy, whether it be sickness or COVID or, or, or failure, that, that just wants to provoke your time of rest? And when the Lord gets up and he tells the storm, he didn't rebuke God the Father, he didn't rebuke his disciples, he rebuked an enemy that caused the storm. He said, Be quiet! I'm not having this conversation with you. Now, how could things have been different for the disciples? We get the story after. We get the, oh man, I should have just held on and believed. What are, they, what are you talking about? Let me tell you, let's be careful not to throw stones when we live in glass houses. 
Because one person's storm and another person's flood and another person's furnace is going to look entirely different. But in the midst of all of that, we can see those things in hindsight. And maybe we judge because we've gone through it and we got on the other side of that. But let me tell you, I found that in the uniqueness of our created persons, that there are so many times things that, that will affect one that may not affect the other. And that the trials that we encounter, the, the, the storms that we are in, we don't need to be flipping about what someone else is going through. We need to be concerned and we need to pray for them and we need to encourage them and we need not judge them but just say, God, help them. Amen? But what we see here is what we can learn from the disciples, from this situation, from the voices that are coming in, because I, what I understand is my behavior is a direct result of my beliefs. And what I believe, I will behave. And what I am behaving is what I believe. And folks, I believe it is time that we start believing what God has said and what God has done and who God is. And then we can begin to behave like Him. I think it's time we change the conversation. Yes. I think it's time that we change the self-talk in every situation from a negative to a positive. From a, from a self-talk, let me phrase it this way. It's time to change the conversation from a self-negative self-talk to a positive spirit talk. And we're, we're not in denial by no means. We're, we're not just saying, oh, well, we're just, we're denying the fact the world's a wreck. We're denying the fact that there's things that need to be taken care of. And we're not, we're not living in an escapism mindset. But what we're doing is we're discovering that we're going to get more done by believing God than we are by, by believing that it's all resting upon our failures and our shortcomings and what we can't do. I want to begin to see what, we, what can we do. Through the power of the Lord Jesus. What can be possible in your life? If we just simply stop self-sabotaging. How much different would you believe if you started believing different about yourself? If you start seeing yourself through the Lord's eyes. It's, it's time that we change the conversation. And that's what the Lord was telling his disciples that if, you're, if you'll change your thoughts, you'll change your world. If you'll change your, your thought life, if you'll change your self-talk and start bringing those thoughts, what do we do? We, we capture those arguments. We, we, we capture the, the, the thoughts that do what? That exalt themselves above. Trying to supersede the knowledge of the Lord. You see, the enemy is so subtle. Just you don't you don't boil a frog to death by throwing him in the hot pot. You put him in there and you turn it up a little at a time. And he's like, "Oh, this cool is oh, it's a little oh, it's warm." <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I can take a little bit more. Ooh. Rub it. Rub it. Croak. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come on now. That's what the enemy does. He's charging up just a little bit at a time. And you know, all of a sudden the water is so boiling and we didn't realize it. Next thing you know, we die. Anyways, I think you're describing 
It's not just tiptoes and the dandelions and everybody spun and all of this kind of there's there's some stuff involved in it. There's there's warfare, there's a religious crowd that's rising up. If you don't believe it, just read Paul's account in the book of Acts. He couldn't go anywhere that he didn't start a riot. Or a riot wasn't started. Everywhere he went. But what we do discover. There's no better place to be than in the perfect will of God. Amen? Amen. So how are we going to change this conversation? We're going to change it by changing our belief. About who? About God and about ourselves. Amen? Amen. About God and about ourselves. Who was in the boat? Jesus. Who else was in the boat? Disciples. How did they become disciples? By following Jesus. He called them what I was up here. You didn't know he was going to go live class format in here, did you? <laughs> Would you agree with me? Every man in that boat was chosen. Jesus said, you did not choose me. He did not. He chose. 
shoes heels. Now that changes everything. And that's part of the conversation, but that old negative self-talk that the enemy provoked, he's not going to tell you about. He's not ever going to come to you and say, Bray, you sorry no good? You're chosen of the Lord. <laughs> he's not going to do that. He's not going to come to you, Dennis, and and the glory of God and we understand through our belief system uh, that if God be for us then who and what can be against us? Wait, 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 wait. God has chosen. If we don't get any further, we don't need to go any further because until we get this down, we're not going to get the rest of it down. You are chosen of the Lord. You're chosen. So the next time that self-talk comes around and says that you're worthless, no good, you're never amount to anything, and God has no purpose or plan for you, you say, shut your ever-loving, blabber mouth. I am not listening to your four-tongue conversation. I am chosen of the Lord. I didn't choose this profession. He chose me. I didn't choose this time in history. He chose me. He said, I want you. Badly did he want us? He wanted us bad enough to die for us. Yes. Wait a minute, that changes things, doesn't it? If it doesn't, then we don't we haven't got it yet. But if it changes, wait, wait a minute. Now if you if you're like I am, you just you just you just like peace. Amen? Any peace lovers in here? Just, you know. You'll face the conflict when you have to, and you will, and you won't you won't run from it, but you know your mode of operation is just peace. You just want to get on that, you know, you go to the water parks and everybody's on the slides and you want the lazy river. Come on now. Can I get a witness here? You know what I'm saying? You just just give me peace. You go on vacation, you know, you know my, I, I take my kids on vacation, they want to do something every day. I just like, give me a chair and, a, and let me sit down and take a nap. Let me rest. Just peace. Where am I going with this? I don't know, I'm getting sleepy. Okay. <laughs> let me tell you, as we have really lost my place now. You see, when that conversation comes in, the midst of that conflict was trying to provoke and provoke and provoke that. See, Jesus was, yes, he was human, he was tired, but he was also at rest because he knew that he chose us, but he is also the chosen one. And they had complete acceptance and trust in the Father. You will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed upon thee. Oh, there it is again. Because he trusts. How am I going to keep my mind upon God? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust that he knows better than I do. I'm going to trust him when things work out, and I'm going to trust him when things don't work out. There have been avenues and roads that I wanted to go down, and God said, No, we're not going that way. And he closed the door, he slammed it shut. 
If I had my brothers, and I, I don't mean this because I, I, I just don't swam against anything. But we, before we came here, we had tickets bought to New Zealand. We were going to New Zealand to, to pastor a church in the country of New Zealand. And the Lord said, no. No. I got something better. Yes. Greenville, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't say that as I was shorted. God has something better. Something better is you. God's had something better in store. What well, he had better, because I was going to New Zealand to find revival, or I was going to go to Hot Springs and find revival, or I was going to stay where I was at if God would give revival. He said, no, I, I've got revival in store. And I'll tell you where you're going to find it. You're going to find it in Greenville, Texas. I want you to go to Greenville, Texas. We shut all the other doors. See, the disciples that were in the boat were chosen. Those that are in the boat are chosen. And they're on mission. They're on mission. See, what's happening is the storm is now trying to get in the boat. And it may get in the boat. And that's all right. We just don't need it to get in us. And when we start to feel it get in us, that's when our self-talk goes south. We start sabotaging ourselves. We start telling ourselves, I'm going to get you strong. I'm no good. Self-talk can be self 
you say it's time to get off the injured, injured reserve list, get back in the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's time. See, because you're called. And if you're called, then you're called to mission. Now, when I asked the question, who was in the boat, the first answer I got was Jesus. Let me tell you, the Lord has not forsaken his church. He's not denied his people. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. If you're in the furnace, I'll be there with you. If you go through the flood, I'll be right there with you. But I can't feel your God. You don't have to feel me to know me. He's there in the boat. So if the boat goes down, he's going with it. If the church goes down, we're going down with him. We go out straight back up with him. Because we're never going to separate from him because he promised. And if he said it, he's going to do it. I believe it's time that we stop rebuking ourselves. I believe it's time that we stop bringing accusation against our God. And I believe it's time we get up and tell the storm producer to shut up. We're tired of listening to it. If God takes us out tomorrow, then guess what? I'm going to walk into the streets of glory, worshiping and praising His holy name, and I'm going to be the better for it. But while I am here, I am on mission. I am not on mission. I am on mission. How many of us all of a sudden, just a moment, just that simple phrase there. Something that maybe you haven't heard put just like that. Self-talk. It's kind of wakens your mind, doesn't it? Wait a minute. Am I doing this to myself? You know what? Do you believe that every good gift, perfect gift, comes down from the Father of lights? whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. If you believe that, then you also need to believe that God, when he ascended, when Jesus ascended, he gave gifts unto men. Apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors, thank you. But we also understand that when he brought you into the world, he brought you with gifts. And without you, there is no gift. Because you're a complete package. You don't get it. By midnight, you're like, oh, wait a minute, I'm a gift. I'm a gift. Stop the self-talk. That's negative self-talk by reminding yourself you're a gift. I'm purposely letting this soak in tonight because I don't believe that everybody's living here right now. They're not living, living knowing that you're chosen. That Jesus is with you right now as a child of God. He's not going to leave you or forsake you. And that you're a gift given to the 
Christ given in this generation from the Father for his good. You're a gift. I don't care what your mama told you. I don't care what your daddy told you. If it contradicted the word of God, it wasn't true. Because the Father is the one that gives gifts. And he gave you. Please tell me. Please tell me tonight. God is speaking to your heart. Make this covenant with me. I'm going to rest every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I'm going to bring the thoughts by the help of God into captivity. And you're going to obey. Thoughts, you're going to obey the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to obey the Lord Jesus Christ. No more of this nonsense, self-sabotaging, destructive uh, thought life uh, that says uh, that no one cares and no one wants you and no one will have you and no one will listen and, and it's all going to ruin. No!
See, as ministers of the gospel, we come in and there's a discernment of the spirit of darkness, the discernment of men's spirits, and there's a discerning of the spirit of God. And this is all, this is going on the whole time. You think, you know why it's, it's necessary for you to walk in victory? So that when the person comes in, they will discover victory when they come to the house. You, you're not an island to yourself. And see, so we, we, we harbor these thoughts and these mindsets and we carry them around with us. And, and all of a sudden, you've got this big, this big void between what God is saying and what we're receiving. Okay? Now, this may not fix me. I, I promise you, if you don't like me, just stick around. The Lord is still working hard on me, and he's going to get it right. Amen? But I believe, folks, that there's more. There's more to the Holy Ghost. There's more to the power of God. There's more to the victory of the Lord. There is more to be had, and I want it to. It's not because I'm trying to be self-indulgent. I want it because you need it. And your children need it. And this universe needs it. And this community needs it. We need the glory of the living God. Where our children begin to rise up and prophesy. Where our old men start dreaming dreams. Where we lay hands on the sick and on the dead. And they get up and they walk out of here whole and healed. Where you don't walk around believing what the enemy says. But you walk around knowing that God. Oh, 
divine determination that, Lord God, we will hold on and hold out and we will continue, Lord God, until we reach, Father God, every bit that you want and every person that you want in your kingdom, Lord God, which is everyone. God, we commit. We commit ourselves to you. We commit ourselves to the call. We commit ourselves to the commission. Lord God, we commit ourselves. Lord God, not to listen, Lord, to this negative self-talk. Provoked to, Lord God, by stress and the enemy, Lord, and anxiety. Lord God, we choose, Father. Lord, to walk in the light as you were in the light. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Holy Spirit, probe now, probe the hearts, probe the hearts, mine included, Lord God. Lord, flush it out, Lord God, cleanse, Lord. Father, create in us a clean heart, renewing our spirit within us. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord God. Without faith, it is impossible to please you. The thing that come to you must believe that you are and a rewarder of those that diligently seek you. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy. Holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. No more self-sabotaging. No more self-sabotaging. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We will trust in you. We will trust in you. Oh, merciful God. Merciful God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 We trust you, Lord. We trust you. Titos.
300 schools across 20 countries in the Latin America and Caribbean countries. They reached out to the, to the children in the most dire of circumstance and offered them hope, offered them Jesus, and also offered them an education so that they can work their way out of the situation they're in to find their call and purpose. And we are privileged to be a part of the body of Christ that have the opportunity to invest and to give and to sow seed into these ministries. And so when you give in the missions offering, uh, a portion of that will go to Latin America Child Care. But with that said, would you lift up your hands right now and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray over all of our children, Lord God. And Lord, we pray that, Lord, knowing we're living in a world, Father God, that, Lord, that you are the only hope. And, Lord God, you are the peace that, Lord, surpass all understanding. And, Lord, I just pray right now, Lord God, that, that you will bless, Father God, the missionaries, Lord God, the schools, the teachers, Lord, with resources, Lord God, and, Lord, with hope and the anointing and the presence of God. And, Lord, I just ask right now, Lord, that you would bless this offering, the gift of the giver. And, Lord, we know that it will go to the furniture of your kingdom, Lord, as we continue, Lord, to, to help and to fund our missionaries at home and abroad. And, Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you get tonight. Saturday morning, 714, uh, prayer meeting. We'll see you there. So we'll see you back here on Sunday morning at 930. God bless and a great rest of the week.